Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. We're joined today by maestro Alan R. Scott, and uh, I believe we've got uh, Tim Fain on the line as well. It's a busy couple of days, uh, Alan, for you. So I, I sure appreciate you taking time to chat with us this morning. You're you're a busy guy. Well, good morning. And, yes, I am joined by Tim. He's on another phone. Um, yes, I, unfortunately, I'm double booked because we have this incredible planting of the new trees over at the Civic Center, and the entire Symphony Brass and Percussion will be performing for this celebration also happens to be arbor day so it's a it's, it's a great thing to do it today and so i i can't be in two places at once so i believe i have a rehearsal at 9 a.m and i they, i think they realized this morning they double booked me so thanks for having yeah. us well i you know i i think the news is that you can't be two places at the same time i mean if anybody could do that <laughs> Al, I, I was pretty sure that you had that ability well, sometimes I feel like I do. Yeah. <laughs> so the Arbor Day celebration out there, we, we've told folks about that. It starts at 10, runs to 11. Uh, not a huge block of time for folks, so you can kind of go out there, and you, you're you not going to be out there all day. But you can get out there, you can hear some remarks. Uh, you know what? They're handing out new saplings, so you can get a new tree for your yard while they plant a new tree out there, and you can listen in on the symphony. What are folks going to hear this morning? Well, you know, I, it's, we have, I have an itinerary. But, we'll, you know, we'll do a, a national anthem, of course, in America the Beautiful. We're also going to do fanfare, the Copeland's Fanfare for the Common Man, which was written in um, 1941 to bolster American exper- uh, spirits during the war. Late, or, for 44, excuse me. And Copeland wrote it for the Cincinnati Symphony. And fanfare to people feels, you know, a, a hail to the chief is a fanfare. You know, it's a brassy, very up spirit. The fanfare for the common man is, is, is exactly that. It's more subtle. It almost has a little bit of melancholy to it. It's very reflective, and it really remains one of the great works in American literature for four minutes. The brass, any, the moment you hear it, you know exactly what it is. And um, it's an incredible piece. And so we'll do that, and that will be sort of an interlude that, that people will just listen. And then during the tr- – when the people uh, – is my first Arbor Day celebration. So during the uh, – when they, everybody gets to, to take a shovel and put some dirt on the new tree um, – We'll be playing John Williams' Hymn to the Fallen, which is actually he wrote for the film Saving Private Ryan. It's very reflective. And my, my intention there was um, this tree has been there since the Civic Center was built mm-hmm. 100 years ago this month. And so um, there's a lot of generations that have come before us. Um, and, of course, the tree had sort of a, a, a not the best ending, right? It actually fell uh, right. during this massive storm. So I just felt there was, there was some nice – and it's a – it's again another very um, reflective, um, powerful, powerful, simple uh, piece, and we're using symphonic brass. I mean, the ent- not like a brass quartet or anything. The entire brass section, so 15 players, uh, and the percussion section uh, during this, and then I think we end with uh, "America the Beautiful." So um, just nothing overly long, um, and I think the ceremony is less than an hour. There's going to be several remarks from several people throughout the community. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a great deal. So, again, uh, if you can get down there, 10 to 11 out at the Civic Center. And I, I think I, we may have some of the last pictures in Helena. We, we took some late Christmas photos in front of that tree, and it wasn't long after that that it, it came down. Right. So, you know, it's sad to see it go. And that that means, though, Alan, you get to play for a live audience. I know it's not the full symphony. It's not, But I how fantastic true. is that for you to and, and the musicians? Yeah, well, it's— 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess we have become so used to playing for people virtually, like we will on Saturday, thousands of people around the world. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's really the first time we're playing for a live public audience since February of 2020. I mean, that's the, I haven't even thought about that, Troy. It's oh, great. Point. Now I put the pressure on you. There's, there's yeah, faces no, I'm looking excited. back I'm at excited. you this morning. No, no, that's great. I'm excited. I mean, that we thrive, musicians thrive off of that, not for applause or cheers, well, that's always great, but just it's an energy mm -hmm. thing. You 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 feed off of that, you know. Yeah, well, and though, like you said, you haven't been in front of an in-person audience for some time now, but you've been in front of a live audience. It's just been online. We've talked about it. It's gone extremely well, uh, considering, and now we're to the season finale tomorrow night, as different a season finale as you could have had, I suppose. But also, it has to be pretty rewarding uh, that despite everything, you had a season and you have a planned season finale. It, that, that's got to feel good. Yeah, I mean, what what was clear to me was that um, in March of 2020, I was in New York, and I realized when I started things, I could everything was they were talking about shutting down, shutting down. The day I left was when they were shutting down, and I immediately called my staff and said, "We need to start thinking out of the box. Something is not good," and because what we saw was that we were going to be needed more than ever, and our our what we do, the why, the reason we do it did not change, to get, engage, enrich, transform, and inspire lives through music. It's just our what and our how changed. In other words, that we had we had no idea what that was going to look like or how we were going to do it, but we knew the why. And and when people said, are you still going to perform it? Of course. It took us several months to figure it out. Um, so we had we lost the end of the 1920 season, March, April, May, and June and July. But then um, we were back in September, and we've had every single concert except for one this season every single concert. So we've had well over a dozen concerts and from children's concerts, subscription concerts, non-series concerts. And we've had, we had no idea how many people would join us. And it's been thousands around the world. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful to Montana and Helena and the region for being supporters of this, especially to AARP Montana, who has stepped up and said, we want to be a part of this. And they supported the home streamer Helena Symphony broadcast. Yeah, and so this is streaming tomorrow evening on YouTube. It's a uh, it's a seven thirty start, and we'll be hearing from world renowned violinist Tim Fay, and he's a Helena favorite, and uh, for good reason. Yeah, well, Tim actually, you know, well, he's a California native, and 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 studied in Philadelphia, where I'm from. Um, we didn't live too far from each other, actually, but he he lives in Hamilton now. His wife's from Montana, and he has his family here, and. Um, He's an incredible artist and an equally incredible friend and colleague, and um, he, he has such a unique career, and I love bragging about my friends. You know, in addition to being an incredible artist, he works with some incredible people, like Philip Glass, who is one of our greatest living American composers. Um, he works with him quite a bit. He's also done things that very few musicians have, and he plays the violin in many films, uh, ghost violin, in other words, when the actor looks like they're playing. It's really Tim playing. He did that for Richard Gere. Um, he's done that for, and he's been in the film Black Swan and 12 Years a Slave, and, and he's doing an upcoming Joe Cohen from the famous Cohen Brothers movie. He'll be doing some ghost violin playing there. So this is, but, but more importantly, he's an incredible artist, and, and the collaboration is just so wonderful. It's, we, I feel like we're always learning together. I'm discovering a piece, the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, that I have done so many times in my career. I don't know, probably 30 times. Um, and, but yet, it feels, so, it feels so new when you work with an artist like Tim. Um, 
you're constantly discovering things that I haven't thought about or you're seeing things differently, and that's so rewarding for me. Yeah, as uh, Alan mentioned, we're talking with Maestro Alan R. Scott this morning, and uh, we're just about to chat with Tim Fain as well, and uh, he's going to be featured in uh, featured tomorrow night in Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto. I, I pulled up a segment of this. I believe this is uh, Itzhak Perlman, actually, is the clip that I grabbed. So this is a bit like uh, when the teacher calls you to the front of the class to do the math on the whiteboard. You know, I... I'm always a little bit nervous pulling out a clip because I know that uh, the maestro is going to be judging me on my clip to make sure I pulled the right one. Not at all, not at all. So let's play a clip here quick from uh, the Violin Concerto. That's Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto. You're going to be hearing some of that uh, tomorrow evening. This is a piece that... That's a great, that's a great, that's an A-plus, Troy. That's a great clip. I picked the right one. Okay, yeah, I mean, because this is a piece that really... I mean, this showcases the violin, and it kind of spans the breadth of what it's capable of, because in the beginning and in different, there's slower pieces, there are more uh, contemplative pieces, and then then it speeds up. And Why is this the perfect Tim Fain piece? Well, frankly, it's the perfect violin concerto, period. It is the barometer for all violin concertos. Yes, there, there are other major ones. Sibelius is another big barometer. Beethoven is one of the great epic ones. But this is sort of the one that I think that we hold all other violin concertos against. And, you know, Mendelssohn could easily write something in six months. But the, he wrote this over six years, and it's his last large orchestral work. He wrote it. It finally came to fruition in the last two years of his life. And um, it is it is just sort of... Um, at the time, there was nothing else like this. And now um, it really, not only does it showcase uh, the violin, it shows the relationship between the soloist and the orchestra. The orchestra is the traditional role of accompanying, but um, the, there's such dialogue that the orchestra pops out to say hello throughout, and it's such an incredibly fun piece. Both of the works on this concert are designed to leave us wanting more, and also to end the year with a gracious smile and a thank you, and it's uplifting. I deliberately put these works together because I wanted there to be a big, warm hug at the end of this because we are so grateful for, for, for being able to bring music to people. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a neat finale. We're talking with Maestro Alan R. Scott this morning along with Tim Fain. And Tim, now that we've talked about you for a little bit here, uh, let's talk to you. I appreciate you joining us this morning. You're busy this weekend as well. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, but, you know, Helena's uh, pretty close to where I live. Um, we're down in the Bitterroot Valley and uh, short drive up to Helena. And, you know, it's a great way to kick off uh, uh, getting back on the road again. This is my first uh, live-ish <laughs> concert um, yeah. with this road in, uh, well, almost a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, you've played, of course, in Helena before, uh, you know, certainly – uh, not in a season or in a time like this. I mean, it, it, it's got to be, like you said, it's got to be good being back. Yeah, it is really nice being back. I was uh, went, went for a hike in the mountains, uh, did the mountain session yesterday, and uh, I mean, the weather is perfect. Uh, it's 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 a great time to be to be here. Um, of course, I I always miss my family when I'm on the road, but uh, you know, it's the life that uh, life that we've chosen, and I it's been. Uh, you know, just really, I think, um, a change of pace this last year and a half or so. 
being uh, you know being a stay-at-home dad. It's it's been pretty amazing. I've kept myself busy, but virtually everything I've done from my own studio, whether it's film work uh, or uh, live streaming, et cetera. Yeah. So everything obviously very disjointed for everybody in the last uh, year and change, certainly for musicians. How often have you been able to perform? I mean, is this it? Is this the first performance since like the last 2020? Well, I, um, little things here and there, uh, you know, uh, some friends organized a performance um, up at the stock farm in, in the Bitter Valley, uh, just for about 10 or 15 people um, a few months ago. Uh, but, you know, it's really been live streaming. I've live streamed for my studio probably 50 or 60 times um, since the start of the pandemic. Um, and I've, I've been able to create remotely as well. I, I've worked with my friend Jacob Marshall uh, actually since the very beginning, uh, since, since March of 2020, to create multi-sensory recharge rooms, creating music and sound design for the hospital workers uh, and, and staff. Uh, it started in the Mount Sinai system in New York, and we've expanded to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and there's, uh, we're working with Harvard and a couple of other hospitals and institutions around the world to create um, spaces for uh, the doctors and nurses to have. Uh, and we've shown a, over a 60% uh, reduction in stress levels, which is a 15-minute visit to these rooms. So they've been really helpful. And, uh, you know, uh, working, working in various different film projects uh, uh, and, and my own music as well, you know, composing my own music and writing uh, collaborations with um, Sleeping at Last uh, and various other artists. What is it like for a musician, Tim, who not only makes their living by playing, but in many ways lives through playing? I mean, this is part of you. It's part of who you are. And for some time, a big chunk of that, performing in front of live audiences, was just completely taken away. I know, obviously, you the thing for our medical professionals, and, and you've been doing stuff, you've found ways to keep doing this, but it, it hasn't been the same. What's that been like? I think it's been a, you know, one of the silver linings, I guess, if you will, from, from this whole really uh, tragic uh, experience uh, living through this pandemic um, has been just a, um, just a sense that uh, there, there is so many uh, different, different paths one can follow, uh, a, a, an opportunity to, to branch out and to find ways to share music that may have seen, seemed either impossible or um, unlikely. Uh, before the pandemic. I think we might have just lost him. Are you there, Alan, or did we lose both of you? I think our... I think our phone gremlins phone have gremlins. struck. So I was trying to hold him as long as we could before we lost him. So uh, tell you what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll take a break here real quick. I'll see if we can't uh, uh, get back in touch with the guys, and we'll be back with more Coffee Break after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. <music> 
today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break, and we are back, and we've reconnected with the guys. The phone gremlins got us, but uh, not to do, be defeated. We're, uh, we're we're thinking outside the box, and we're going to uh, continue the conversation on speakerphone on my cell phone. So you might want to turn it up a little bit if, uh, if you're listening, and it actually does work pretty well. We've had to do it a few times, uh, but they are a little bit quieter. So, uh, Tim, I apologize. We, we cut you off during what I'm sure was a very poetic uh, response to the question. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's just a, to, to, to sum up how I feel about this whole thing, you know, just one of these, one of the silver linings, I think that we've all experienced from this, this really terrible time, a uh, really difficult time is just the, the ways that we can share and the ways we can think out a side of the box as, as creators and as communicators and storytellers uh, to, to keep sharing, you know, there's that. I think that the desire to keep sharing uh, for me supersedes and is stronger than 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 just about anything else. And the desire to share, and there is something very special that happens when people are in the same room. But there's a heck of a lot that we can do remotely as well, and I imagine we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, uh, post pandemic. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how this all evolves. And, and I know that, that we'll all keep sharing and, uh, and there's going to be a lot of, a lot of great music making and, um, storytelling to come yeah maestro alan r scott with us this morning along with violinist tim fain there is a concert it's going to be online it's tomorrow it's at 7 30 and uh, we're going to tell you how you can uh, take that concert in here in a little bit but uh, tim are you ready for this show i mean it's one thing to do a, a typical concert right i mean you, you've got that down you've got that figured out but this is different I, empty chairs cameras all over the place i mean and it like you said it has to be a it's just a different feel well, you know, I feel like I've experienced all of these different constituent parts separately and different different experiences. You know, the cameras, of course, uh, being in a being in a hall, being in this particular space uh, a few times before, being in front of this orchestra, this, the the people, the, the familiar faces, w- working with Alan, of course, which I just am so excited about. So, so so many of the parts are there. Of course, there's not going to be an audience, but I know that people will be there and i know that when i look into the camera or when i'm just standing there i know that people will be able to experience maybe even to a greater degree of of intimacy and sort of and and proximity um so you know it's in some ways yeah there's going to be a little bit of leap of faith as there always is but uh but yeah i feel i feel ready i feel really excited i feel like this is a long time in coming and and i'm extremely extremely excited so tell us about playing this piece. I mean, what does this take to do well? What does it take to do it right? Well, it's a it's a, it's a piece of music that I've been playing since I was a, very young, and uh, probably like a lot of a lot of fiddle players, uh, one of the one of the first approaches to this kind of music uh, for violin and orchestra. And like Alan said, it's a lot of great dialogue. Um, you get a sense of. Um, it's very sort of engaged collaboration between violin and the orchestra. I think it's a lot of fun as, as, a, as a soloist, as a, um, as a featured violinist in this work. It really, um, 
know, many uh, Beethoven's violin concerto, for example, as we were joking the other day, it's a lot like a filibuster. You know, once once the violin gets started, man, it just goes and goes and goes. And same with the orchestra. Whereas the Mendelssohn, particularly as the piece goes on, um, this this dialogue that 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 uh, really sort of unfolds, um, it's it's a very fast paced interchange, and that's very exciting. I think it is. It's also a um, uh, again as the as the work evolves. Uh, a real sort of spirit of um, just joy, uh, joy, and um, and hope. I think that uh, you can't help, at least, uh, at least I can't help but smile as the as the work comes to a close. There's a kind of a just a frenetic, hopeful, joyful energy as the, as the piece uh, comes to a close, which I just is really sort of epitomizes how I feel right now. Violinist Tim Fain with us this morning, along with Maestro Alan R. Scott, and uh, they've got a concert coming up tomorrow night. And we finish up the show, we finish up the season with a fantastic symphony. And uh, this a piece by the man probably most known for Carmen. I'm going to play, just as we get in to talk about uh, the finale, let's play a clip for that real quick. There you go. Alan, tell us about this one. I couldn't tell what you were playing, but I'm sure it was from Georges Bizet's Carmen, or for Symphony Number 1. It was. But, um, yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, he re- he's remembered for Carmen in other offers, but especially Carmen. He died before he ever saw Carmen become successful. He died a few months after Carmen was written. He died in his in late 30s, um, mostly from complications from just being a chain smoker, frankly. Um, but um, he dies, uh, you know, and um, no one knew about the symphony. He never mentioned it to his publisher. We didn't know it to about 80 years after he wrote it, um, that he wrote this. And the reason first many people thought was because at the time, the French composers didn't really look at writing a symphony as something that was a barometer or important. They looked at your stage, your works for stage, opera and ballet specifically. And his teacher was Charles Gounod. Most people know him as one of the writers of one of the more famous Ave Marias. Um, but Gounod was uh, Bizet's teacher, but Gounod also wrote many, many operas and especially a lot of ballets. And he was sort of the, the French legend at the time. And basically Bizet had Gounod's symphony opened in front of him and he basically wrote his own and copied a lot of Gounod's. Um, in some measure for measure. However, it's interesting that Gounod's symphony has not really stood the test of time as Bizet's. Bizet wrote this when he was 17 years old and never mentioned it. And the real reason we think was not so much because symphonies weren't used as a, a they were they were just more of an academic barometer, but more importantly, um, he probably didn't mention it because he was kind of copying from his teacher, which was not uncommon to do. Many composers copy from each other, but he really did copy and so he never mentioned it to anyone and about 80 years after it was written we discovered it and we started performing it in the 1930s um 
and uh, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's done a lot, but it's done enough that you people know of it. Um, the symphony has never played it in our sixty-six year history, um, but uh, I'm excited. To, I've never performed it, but I've been living with it for about eight months now, and I, I'm absolutely in love with this work. It is it is cheerful exuberance and the idea of looking forward with your entire life yet to come, and it's just. But yet at the same time, you hear this young soon to be amazing opera composer and so every movement is almost like a an overture to an opera it's upbeat it's fun and um it gets more and more exciting as it goes along yeah it's a uh, it's a butterfly bouncing from flower to flower in a meadow alan that's a great analogy yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> it's uh it, it's such a great piece to end the season on and an exclamation point on what was really in so many ways it, it, this was a triumph of a season um I'd like to think so, and I think the fact that, as Tim said, there's a silver lining in every tragedy. We we have to, or else life can, life has its challenges. We we, we never know what's going to happen, and certainly everyone's life, no one's life, no nothing has changed the world like this since probably World War Two. Nothing, not September 11th. Nothing. This has changed the entire world, and every musician in the world has been affected by it. Every every form of career has been affected by it, and so um, we are. We needed to have something, and it wasn't just drawing for straws. I said our, our artistic work, the orchestra is going to be a little smaller, not going to have eighty some players. It's going to be about close to fifty, and um, won't have our corral with this most of the time. But we're going to still bring music to people and make sure that people's lives are impacted from our music making, whether it's inspiration or just healing spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, and even physically. And you know, we said from the very beginning that we are never trying to duplicate the live concert hall experience. We're, we're not trying to replicate it. We're trying to innovate it in a way that's something different. The camera's being close up. You're sitting in the orchestra, seeing a conductor and soloist so close that even the front row seat wouldn't be the same. So it's a very different experience. And I just want to say, season 21-22 is on sale, and subscribers have been renewing like crazy, and they have until June 1st to do so. And then new, new season ticket holders can get tickets for next season in person starting June 4th. Our benefit concert at Montana Ting is happening at the end of June, uh, that's a fundraiser uh, for 500 people at the incredible state of these European actors. And then um, Symphony Air Stars, we are getting closer and closer to finalizing that. We just want to make sure everything's in line with health department. Um, but that is looking very good uh, for the third weekend of July. Man, you're getting me excited, Alan. We've, we've got 30 seconds left. How do people tune into the show tomorrow night? YouTube.com forward slash Helena Symphony. YouTube.com forward slash Helena Symphony. If there's no charge, you can go on now and like it. So as soon as we go live, you will you will get notified. And you get backstage tours. You get backstage interviews. You get all this fun stuff that you would never get if you're sitting in the hall. Yeah, it, it, it's such a neat thing. And uh, thank you for what you've done uh, for the community uh, during this time and bringing music to us. Finding a way to bring music to the community is uh, it, it, it's a remarkable thing. And so thank you for that. Once again, if you want to go out and hear the symphony this morning, 10 o'clock out at the Civic Center. Alan, we're all out of time. Tim, we're all out of time. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you both thank you. so much. We're all out of time for the Tim, week. See, we'll see you guys Tim, tomorrow. I'll see you later. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.